Welcome. Today on Seeds for Success, we are going to explore ways that managers can confidently hire and ensure that their candidate is in fact the real deal. Welcome to Harvest Recruitment's Seeds for Success show, where successful managers and experts share their insights to help you recruit and retain the right people in your organisation. Now here's your host, Marie Harris. Hello, my name is Letitia Hotez and I'm one of Harvest Recruitment's recruitment consultants. This is our Seeds for Success podcast show. The aim of the show is to help proactive managers attract, select and retain the right people for their organisation. We cover managers or an expert's experience in a specific topic. We look at general feedback from the audience and of course there is always our listener question. We look forward to having your company today. Today, I am the guest presenter, as further on in the show, I will be interviewing Marie Harrith, the Director of Harvest Recruitment. Marie has a long-standing career in recruitment, and we thought it would be appropriate for her to present on the topic of hiring confidently, because it is something we do every day alongside the organisations we partner with. After that, we will get audience feedback and then visit our listener question. We will let you know about the events we have coming up and what is happening in the forum. Today's question is from one of our listeners. They want to know what to avoid so they don't stand out for the wrong reasons when going through the application process. I recently worked on a recruitment assignment which saw over 300 applicants come through, mainly from employers that have exited or are exiting the Geelong region. Many of these applicants are similarly trade qualified, have similar experiences and skills and on paper could perform the role they are applying for. The competition is fierce. When a limited number of vacancies exist and hundreds of applicants apply, there are a number of other considerations that are taken into account in the decision-making process. On reflecting on those that stood out for the wrong reasons, here's my six secrets to shine when competition is high. Be polite always. One surefire way to have yourself discounted from the process is to be rude and impatient. If you happen to miss the initial call, be patient. Due to the volume of applications received for some positions, unfortunately, calls and messages can't be returned straight away. If you choose to call an employer or recruitment agency to get an update, be polite to whomever you are speaking to. If you've made it to a phone screening call, don't blow it by being obnoxious and impatient. Carefully consider if you actually need to talk to the hiring manager. This can be dependent on the position you are applying for and common sense must prevail. In our challenged economy, take a moment to consider how many people may be applying for the position. If 300 applications are received and everyone starts calling to see what is happening, check how their application is going or just wanting some more information, does this really make you stand out in a positive fashion? The same goes for just turning up at the office. It can look quite presumptuous unless you have a very genuine reason for coming in. Don't complain about being put on the spot or how it may have disadvantaged you. Everyone gets put on the spot during phone screening calls and gets asked the same questions. So complaining that you haven't had time to prepare won't serve you. This is part of the verification process. Take your time to listen to the question and a few moments to prepare a well-constructed answer. It is okay if you need to have a question rephrased or you don't understand. 
but going ahead and answering without understanding the question may prevent you from moving forward. Don't be complacent. If you have worked for the company or a subsidiary in the past, don't view it as your golden ticket to get back in. Answer all questions fully and don't assume that the interviewer will take I have done that before as a sufficient answer. You are still competing against a lot of candidates. Being a previous employee might not make you the best employee amongst the current field of candidates. Be careful when name dropping. Similar to the previous note, just because you know someone does not mean you will get the job. Recruiters need to be confident in their choice when they present candidates. By putting forward a candidate because of who they know, you can run the risk of presenting a candidate that is not actually favoured by the organisation. Each candidate is presented based on their own merits. If this wasn't the case, you would be getting a personal phone call from the company that is currently hiring. Although some of the above points may seem harsh, I think job seekers need some honesty about how to navigate these situations. A lot of organisations and recruiters shy away from giving feedback because they may have had a bad experience when they have given it to a previous candidate. This leads me to my last point. If you are unsuccessful, take any feedback you are given graciously. You never know what the future might hold. Just because you didn't get the role you applied for and may not necessarily agree with some of the comments the recruiter makes doesn't mean that you won't be the perfect fit for another role or another organisation. However, being obstinate and disagreeable will have your recruiter think twice when considering you for other roles. Now, something else that candidates are doing to stand out and, and not stand out for the wrong reasons is getting a professionally written resume and also considering interview coaching to help them gain an edge. It's something that I would recommend in the current climate if you are applying for positions where you know a volume of other people with similar qualifications are going to apply. Our biggest forums where we are getting a lot of feedback and you can see what is happening and what information we are presenting on is our website at harvesthr.com.au, in particular on our blog page. We, of course, have the blog up about Is Your Candidate the Real Deal, which ties in really well with today's show and can be a reference point to go back to after listening. Our latest blog is about not standing out for the wrong reasons. Typically, job seekers have access to an abundance of advice about how to make themselves stand out, but it is really important to not only listen to the tips and tricks that are out there, but to use common sense when applying these certain techniques because they might not work in every instance. On Facebook, you can see what we've been up to. We have recently hosted a breakfast with the same topic as today's show to give managers the opportunity to drill down on where they need the most assistance when verifying a candidate's credibility and suitability for a role. We also attended the Geelong Business Excellence Awards where we were finalists in the Human Resources category and the Commercial Services Small category. This was a fantastic evening and it was great to see some of our clients also being nominated as finalists, as well as taking out some of the awards on the night. We have been very busy in the office too, assisting job seekers in the Geelong region with professional resume writing services and interview coaching. This has become especially popular in the last few months with many employees taking their job search up a notch by investing in advice and training in these critical elements of the selection process. We look forward to seeing you in our forums. 
Coming up in August is the Geelong Small Business Festival, which is part of the Victorian Small Business Festival. There are almost 50 events you can choose to attend with various topics covered such as networking, marketing and social media, staffing solutions, starting and business basics, as well as business development. We will be presenting on confident hiring on the 26th of August right here in our office. It will be for business owners who have an appetite for growth and are seeking to hire many staff. Many managers want to recruit the right people for their team, but they lack the tools to do so. If you are tired of getting bogged down in the recruitment process or are frustrated at continuously missing the mark with your hires, then stop faltering and start excelling. Keep an eye out on our website, harvesthr.com.au forward slash events or on the Geelong Small Business Festival website for more details on how to book your place. Today, we have some feedback from an organisation we recently worked with. They are a large international organisation with a site located here in Geelong. They had the need to recruit five new process operators and decided on using one of our part services arrangements to fulfil the need. Although they are a large organisation, they don't have the manpower in their HR team to undertake the whole recruitment assignment themselves. We received all applications on their behalf, which was over 300, selected 100 candidates to conduct a phone screen call with, and then selected a group of 40 to come in for a short face-to-face meeting. We then handed over a short list of 20 candidates for the organisation to carry on with. They are very happy with the large amount of time we save them, the quality of candidates we send to them and the investment they make in us to fulfil this part of the assignment for them. We have worked through this process now on three occasions with this organisation and they couldn't be happier with the results. Our part service approach is a really cost-effective way to get the assistance you need, especially with recruitment, recruitment assignments that attract a large volume of candidates. I'm happy to present today for interview Marie Harris, Director of Harvest Recruitment and Harvest Human Resources. Marie is usually the host for the Seeds for Success show, but we decided it was time for her to share some of her expertise with our listener base. Marie has 20 years experience in recruitment and HR with some of Australia's leading recruitment brands, including Morgan and Banks, Hudson and Talent2. With tertiary qualifications in science and business, Marie has worked in Melbourne, Perth, Hong Kong, and currently resides in Geelong. The majority of Marie's recruitment expertise comes in the recruitment of technical, specialist, or executive roles in oil and gas, trading, logistics, property, construction, engineering, and manufacturing industries. Marie knows the recruitment industry really well. She is an internationally recognised and awarded recruiter with a successful track record in undertaking recruitment, selection and executive search assignments to successfully source candidates for difficult-to-fill roles. For clients ranging from boutique manufacturers to top-shelf oil and gas consultancies. Over her 20 years, Marie has gathered the networks, harness the best communication channels and refined the tools and methodologies to attract and select the right people for key positions in her clients' businesses. Marie is known for creating great recruitment outcomes with, through and for people and her clients are ecstatic with the results Marie and her team deliver. 
Marie is Director of Boutique Recruitment Firm Harvest Recruitment and National Specialist Recruitment Services Provider. She founded the business in 2009 when she moved to Geelong as she was keen to showcase best practice in recruitment locally while still maintaining connection with her national clients and contacts. Let's welcome Marie Harris. I've been working with Marie for the last 12 months and to date there has not been a situation that I've come up against that she hasn't already encountered. So how are you today, Marie? I'm very well. It's the end of the week. It's a perfect time to have a little sit back and chat and reflect. It's great. Very good. Now, we're going to be having a look at today what you'll be showing at the Small Business Festival, what you'll be presenting on and then asking you a few questions as well to help the small business owners out there. Well, I'm looking forward to the Small Business Festival. I'm a bit of a Small Business Festival groupie. Um, Being a small business owner myself, I actually find a lot of the topics uh, very interesting. I'm always learning, learning all the time with the the Small Business Festival, and I've been fortunate to be a host um, for the last... Uh, three years. So this is my fourth year as a host um, of, of obviously um, in the staffing category and we'll be presenting on uh, the topic confident hiring. Okay. So coming into the small business festival, like you just said, you're presenting on confident hiring. Why did you choose to present on this subject? Well, I tend to network a lot with my peers in industry and from a whole host of different um, areas. And I've, what I've found time and again is managers, when it comes to recruiting, they know that they need to grow and every small business gets to that point of going from micro where it's just the mum and dad show or, or a solopreneur, we call them these days, to getting the next level of staff. And most of the managers that are looking to take their staff on bring no HR skills or very little HR skills to the process. So they really are not confident. They, they don't know where to start. They don't know what to look for. And a lot, um, approach recruitment as, um, just you know, a bit of networking, get someone on board to help out. A lot of small business owners will think that's what I need. I just need a helping hand. So they don't potentially uh, address it with a lot of sophistication and then it falls over and then it doesn't work for some reason or they don't get the right person. And so I normally see them second time round when they're, they've gone, it didn't work and I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. And so it's this lack of confidence that they have in not only their ability to get the right result, but the process itself. They don't even know where to start. So that's why I chose it as a topic because it really resonates with small business owners. And I know that if you're out there as a small business owner who's recruited at least one, two or three staff, probably out of the three, at least one's been wrong. So just to bring some strategy to help you be more confident with the process um, when you go again. Yeah. So as a small business owner yourself, what has been your experience as you have grown? Well, I started my business um, out of the shed in the backyard um, as a as something to keep me amused when I had uh, a baby daughter. She was one and I knew that I wasn't ready to go back to full-time work and I, but I still wanted to do something. And so it was a tiny business. I got a few clients and I was delivering recruitment uh, assignments for um, a small group of companies. But 
very quickly, my time ran out. I only had about 20 to maximum 30 hours a week that I could dedicate with a babe and toddler and I think a five-year-old at the time when I started my business. Very busy. (laughs) I didn't have excess capacity. So once my limit was hit, that was pretty much all I could do for my clients. So very quickly, I knew that I needed to get some helping hands to help me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to deliver to my clients. And the very first person that I was able to gain came through the network. And as I said, that's a classic small business owners strategy because they're too busy doing it themselves and they'll go, who do you know? Who do you know? And I was just fortunate that in um, my older boy, he was in um, his first year of primary school and all the school mums get together. And one of the school mums, her sister was actually looking for work. She'd come from a psychology and an HR management background and had strong administration skills. And she just could not get anything in the region. Um, Administration is one of those high in supply um, categories. So there's a lot of competition for admin roles. And she was just not getting anything. And she too wanted part-time to work around her family. So it was perfect. So I actually brought her on as a subcontractor. And that was a really low risk strategy because I could just buy her for the time that I needed her. So I said, approximately eight hours, give or take. And yeah, please help me. So that was a um, timesheet and she would invoice me for her hours. So as a small business owner, that's a really good start because you don't have to worry about the, all the administration elements of employment because once you bring them on as an employee, you have to think about you know, how you're going to, you know, the contractual arrangement, the leave entitlements, the superannuation, and it just scales from there. So th- that was a really good first trial to grow. And then, of course, as as the business grew and we got busier again, we did start to employ staff. So we started with part-timers, again, because we didn't want to, you know, be so brash and get the full-timer first time if we didn't have enough work for them. Um, And so we got part-timers. I had a business in Perth, so I needed um, someone on the ground there. So that was was probably my first full-time role that I I gained in the business. But it's just been, yeah, I'd call it baby steps. And as a small business owner, particularly when you go through your first hire, take baby steps and do the low-risk options first. Think of how you can actually get what you need done without having to potentially hire someone even on a part-time basis. There's contracts, there's casuals, there's subcontract as well as options. Yeah, yeah. Now, are there any key milestones that you can remember while your business has been in its growth phase? Yeah, there's been a few. Um, I would say the the most pleasurable was when we did actually move into our own office. Uh, we'd we'd sort of been in little spaces and borrowed borrowed spaces for a, a lot of the time, and I'd gone from the home office. I'd outgrown that, and I I went into a sublet office, and so I was sharing that two days a week. I would have it three days a week. It was another person that was renting that office, and then. In uh, November 2011, um, we hired our first full-time consultant to join the team and the little office that I was subletting just wasn't enough space for two (laughs) people and we needed to to go beyond um, the sublet arrangement. So I think getting the first office and it was 
it was cheap and cheerful, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> Boutique, um, little office, and it, you know, not in the centre of town. We did go for something that was within our budget and we knew that we could grow into it in time as well. It had a, enough space that we could bring on other staff members. So that's been a, a really, um, yeah, key milestone, I'd, I'd have to say. Also, watching our Perth business grow as well, yeah. that's been... Um, when you're when you're a tiny business, just managing in your own backyard is difficult. Add the Nullarbor and several thousand kilometres, <laughs> it adds a level of complexity. And we didn't get it right from the start. We had um, a consultant in home office, and that again, it was a very good and uh, very cost sensitive um, action that we took there but it didn't work for the consultant. So we found that we had a bit of churn in Perth until we gained a suitable space to put someone mm-hmm. because we're in recruitment and HR and the people that we employ by nature are people people. So if we take them away from people, they find themselves very alone. And that's how we had, and that's what we had in our Perth office. So um, we ended up going through the same steps as we did here in Victoria, which was get the sublet office first. And then the big milestone um, for us was December last year, we actually opened a brand spanking new office in Perth um, in the cultural end of town, I'd have to say. (laughs) And yeah, so that's been a a huge milestone for us as well. Great. Now, that's really, really positive, but on to something else. What was your biggest challenge while hiring your current or previous staff members? In the early stages, and any small business owner will resonate with this out there, one of the biggest challenges in when you're actually approaching the hiring of staff is you don't have time. You've let you've let your business grow to a point that you're now unable to manage it. And so you are time constrained already and then but you know that you need people and it's being able to give yourself time to recruit well um, as I said my very first person was very fortunate she was the right person but she landed on my doorstep but when I needed to go out to hire staff and go to the market and go through the process that was that's a time intensive activity and you know sometimes I've delegated that and it hasn't worked well um and so I'm an expert hirer but I was spending all of my time with my (laughs) clients hiring the right people for them and it's almost like the best chef makes the best food for their fee-paying customers and then at home will make cheese on toast (laughs) it was almost like that with me Um, I didn't put the time and attention in that I needed to and I probably learnt some valuable lessons character building let's say (laughs) in retrospect um, that I probably should have spent more time to apply what I do to every one of my clients recruitment needs to my own and so that that was probably in the hiring stage and I guess because I didn't spend the time I probably didn't do as intense a process as I could have or should have uh, in selecting the people and I get again to get the right people who are going to fit with the business as it is and what it's going to grow to again was the challenge um yeah there's a lot there in that question Letitia (laughs) I could go on (laughs) now you mix with a number of small business owners what do you find are the challenges that they have when it comes to employing staff? 
Um, a lot of small business owners want to do it themselves. So they'll go, I need to get someone and I'm just going to go to the market. And we're in quite a few networking circles where they don't necessarily see the science behind a recruitment exercise. And there is a lot of science, there's a lot of art to the process, and there's a framework that should be followed. So they um, quite often will just go forth, hire, have done little assessment, mm-hmm. um, and then they they too will find that they're challenged with the incumbent that they get. Um, and so I see that that's a challenge that keeps coming through. Um, we have presented in small business buffet world and, and in the small business festival, and, and quite often we'll get the people who put up their hand and say, I just don't know where to start. And that's quite often a small business owner's challenge is they – they know that they need the person, but how does this go? How, how do I approach it? How do I, how do I know what to look for? How do I know who the next person for my business is? Yeah. You know, how do I assess my own strengths about what, where I should be channeling myself? And then the things that I don't enjoy so much, but are equally important to delegate that to somebody else. Because I think a lot of business owners will think, yeah, I'm the face of the business, so I need to get always get the support staff. But some business owners would make perfect support staff and they actually need the salesperson to actually drive yeah. the business growth. So it's it's being aware of of their own strengths and abilities and how to best complement that as they're growing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Now you mentioned frameworks as well just then. What would you recommend to small business owners in their recruitment processes? So I'm going to cover a lot of this in the um, the small business festival, but behind every recruitment process is a framework um, that if you follow the framework, it's pretty foolproof. So, and it starts with the actual planning side. So planning what it is we need. So I just touched on that is really mapping out where the need is, where are we suffering, where are the pain points in our business. And then once that is identified, first of all, brainstorming how that can be filled. Um, you know, we've got a challenge with data replenishment. We, we run databases and we've got lots of people on our database and, and information can go out of date very quickly. Now, I could hire an administrative officer to do data entry. But what I've decided to do is go on some of the offshore outsourcing websites like Elance and Freelancer and those sorts of places and actually pick up a very low-cost resource who's working in India who can go onto our cloud-based database and keep our database up to date. Now, that is something that is accessible to any small business owner. Um, most small business owners just don't know what is available to them. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a matter of mapping out how to fill that role because it's not not all the time an employee. Uh, it could be a subcontract arrangement. It could be, uh, for example, with IT support, getting an, an IT support services company to do that, not bringing in an, a part-time IT service person. And then when, when you've gone through the planning, you may come up with no if we plan out a role, and a classic for a small business owner is the administrative support uh, role, just think about all of the administration you do as a small business owner. Put some hours against that. Every day, every week, what are you doing? And it's usually stuff on top of your 
other responsibilities. If you are mapping out 10, 15, 20, 30 hours per week constantly of administrative work, you've got a part-time employee. So that's when you're ready to hire. And that they're the key things that you can go, yeah, we've got constant ongoing work that is going to suffice and feed someone at least 20 hours of work every single week. Yeah. And so then you've got an employment situation. And then for the employment situation, the next part is actually putting down in writing what it is. So we always recommend that an employer will write out a position description. Let's talk about the role. Let's talk about, you know, the key purpose. What is it there to achieve? What are the responsibilities? Think about the day-to-day and then look at the skills and the experience and the qualifications and the attributes. Let's not forget attributes and values fit of the person that's going to come into your organisation and spending a bit of time qualifying that. Uh, Lots of managers will do the responsibilities and duties and a little bit on the skills, but they won't do an attributes consideration. Um, And this is where a lot of, um, particularly in small businesses, I see it a lot uh, where you want, and a lot of small business owners have come from big business. So they want what they had (laughs) and they map out this, you know, fantastic administrative (laughs) assistant uh, who's worked with a top 100 ASX listed company and that's kind of what they've got in their mind of what is going or who is going to join them. The only thing is an administrative assistant that has worked for an ASX 100 company ain't going to want to work for a small business. <laughs> they like sometimes it's just poles apart and so to actually really get into the the detail of what it takes to really function in a small business is really key because I could say you know, many managers make a good decision on technical, but they make a bad decision on attributes. And the people leave because they go, oh, I didn't sign up for this. Or, wow, is this what it's like in this sort of organization? I'm only used to doing this and that. So, you know, it's very important early days to, to map out the role. And then, of course, the framework covers going into how you're going to source candidates. And I saw um, there was a comment up on um Facebook in in one of the small business networks, which was, I'm going to find some candidates. Um, I'm thinking about just going to my networks. What does the group think? And it was interesting because it was a small business owner asking small business owners. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a small business owner asking an HR professional or a recruitment professional. And everyone came back with, oh, you got to go word of mouth or no, no, I use LinkedIn or, you know, and to source your candidates, it's horses for courses. One organization may do terrifically at word of mouth or just, you know, a shop can just put an ad in the, the front window, but that same shop wouldn't put an you know, an ad on LinkedIn, for example. So mm-hmm. it's really putting in yourself in your candidate shoes of where are my candidates going to be looking for my opportunity and really thinking about that as you're getting a group of candidates together who could be applicable to your role. And then you have to go through the screening. So that's part of the framework as well. Um, The amount and depth of screening, again, is probably a little bit too little um, with many managers. And so we just, we cover, um, and I'll be covering in the festival what some of that screening exercise is, because the more you screen your candidate grouping, it's leading to greater confidence. So it's screening, the selection, the validating. So validating, we talk about reference 
reference checking and other means of validation and then taking it right through to you know the the offer the accept and the placement and the onboarding because that is equally important um, in a process so that's what we cover when we talk a framework okay now you've probably covered some of this already for us but can you tell us a little bit more specifically about the topic that you'll be presenting at the small business festival so what will business owners take away from that morning session so we're fortunate that um you're in a breakfast session, you only have so much time. So we're running a breakfast session later in August um, covering that. I actually asked the Small Business Festival coordinators whether I could run it as a webinar because I wanted to have it accessible for all of Victoria. And um, But we ended up getting the local uh, Geelong-based um, festival and so we'll be presenting confident hiring but again in a breakfast we have about 30 to 40 minutes to give you and walk away with absolute (laughs) confidence in your hiring decision and if you're like me it takes a little bit of time for the dust to settle and to absolutely absorb uh, what you need to know and so last year I spent a lot of time uh, writing a book on the subject and so that framework that I've just mentioned I have actually um, written all of those elements down in a, uh, a quite a comprehensive book and it's um, a relatively easy read so it's not textbook based it's more case study based experiential based and based on practical experience that I've had with my clients so the people who are coming to the the breakfast definitely we're going to cover key points in the time that we have but they'll also have the opportunity to take away the book which I would recommend to every small business owner because no matter where you are at you're either going to have this book sitting on your shelf and when it comes time to recruit it's going to be your ready reckoner um, or you might be somewhere through the process now going I'm about to interview what do I need to know? And you can go to that section of the book. I had a client the other day who um, not not strong at interviewing and I said, go to this chapter, go to this section, here's the form, you know, use this as your as your um, guideline to going through the interview process. So I guess in the, the actual topic, we'll be covering the framework and um, participants can go away with the book. Fantastic. So my next question was actually about your book as well, and you've covered that off for me too. What made you write the book and and what types of topics do you cover in that book as well? It's called Body Snatches and it was great. The release was earlier on this year and it's circulated around a few business owners now too. Hmm. So yeah, look, I think everyone says or yeah the most common thing is yeah I think I'd I'd like to write a book you know when you get a certain level of experience um there's that just you've got the 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 desire to share your skills and I last year it was it was given to me as the opportunity to to write a book there was a book mentor in my circle and he, he was really prompting us um and prompting me to write a book and I thought, well, if I've got a book mentor um, on tap, this is pretty much the time to be writing a book. And so I did. I, I made the most of the opportunity. And the reason why I wrote the book is it was really to help the people that need the help and probably potentially can't access 
the fully outsourced recruitment solution. Mm-hmm. So our business, we do we come into play when organizations can't find the right people and you know they either don't have the time or the resources to dedicate to the task. So that's fine for some organizations, but many companies and we are in a small to medium enterprise rich nation now, uh, many of the small, small to medium enterprises, they can't access and it's not in their budget fully outsourced recruitment solutions. So they've got to do the best that they can with what they have. And a lot of managers don't have the skills to recruit in their toolkit. And so the reason why I wrote the book was so that I could outline what you need to do to recruit well. Uh, and then you, you've got there, it, it all laid out. You've got some, you know, war stories, hero stories. And so you go, <laughs> oh, make sure I don't do that and make sure I follow that. Um, but, you know, you can really not become an expert overnight, but you can apply it step by step. And the more you apply that principle step by step, the better you're going to do at hiring the right people in your business. And that was the what I really wanted to get across. And it so it's for the small business owner who is recruiting themselves and DIY recruitment, um, but it's also for um, internal recruitment teams. A lot of the bigger companies have in-house recruitment teams and the recruitment teams are quite often HR graduates or those with a few years experience. And again, the book was designed to give them a little bit more experience without actually having the experience. So they can read the stories and, and again, take note of how to go about a recruitment process. So that's why I wrote it. And yeah, the book is really the how-to resource on recruitment. Um, and it's predominantly for um, permanent recruitment. So it's really looking at the process and protocol around hiring full-time or part-time employees into an organisation and the rigour that should be applied in doing so. Yeah. Okay. Now, just to finish up, Marie, what are some of your passion projects that you're working on at the moment? Well, I've done the book, Tick. Um, <laughs> I've introduced some new products into the business, so Tick. Um, my greatest passion at the moment, and it's something that I've been involved with um, for a little bit of time now, is helping the job seeker. Um, I, being in the recruitment industry for 20 years, I there's parts of it I love and there's parts of it that I don't quite love detest maybe too harsh but that really didn't gel with me and I'd been with bigger recruitment firms and I was kind of tired of us being more rejection than we are recruitment yeah uh we have on average anything from you know 30 to 300 candidates apply for one job and so we're not in the recruitment industry we're in the rejection industry and most recruitment firms will just say, thanks, no thanks, we wish you well with your job search. Mm-hmm. And I know that for candidates, that's just not enough. And they are having this, um, just that their reaction to recruiters is very strong and it's almost recruiters are seen as a necessary evil. And I never wanted to be that recruitment agency. So I launched our careers programs in 2012 and it was really 
putting it to anyone who is on the journey of a career search. And that's something that I've been passionate about and I always had it like when I launched my business in 2009 and I was this tiny fledgling business I said we're going to have careers programs it was in the business plan from day one I just had to get to a certain size before I could (laughs) orchestrate that plan so now um, in the Geelong region in particular we fast forward two years and we have Alcoa closing next week. We have the smelter operation turning off. We have the rolling products division closing in December. We have Ford closing over 2015, 2016. The jury's still out. There's a whole host of people that are going to be thrust onto the market that have never been an active candidate in their life. And they are extremely challenged. So I'm putting my hand up to help those people. And we run extremely affordable careers programs, resume writing, interview techniques, workshops that are helping these people. And I have to say, um, it's not something that I do as a commercial um, arm to the business. It's I, I do it because I want to help these people be as competitive as they can in what's going to be an incredibly competitive market. And so I guess the the empathy turns up a notch because I can see that if we don't get these people on the road to the next job pretty quickly, we're going to have a bit of a difficult region. You know, our employment unemployment rate is going to go through the roof yeah. if we can't get these people retrained and into roles and confident and um, able to be competitive as a job seeker um, and when they're going for their role. So I have to say that's it. Um, You know, I'm sort of talking to the various education providers. Um, I've got meetings with um, Skilling the Bay, which is a Gordon TAFE initiative next week to talk about how we can be involved with pointing um, these recently released employees into right training courses, not just training courses that come up, but those that are going to be most applicable to them getting a role in what is our changing economy. So that's that's my passion project. And people say, I quite often get asked the question from coaches and mentors, what would you do if you weren't doing what you're doing now? And, or what would you do once Harvest Recruitment is the company that is no longer the small business, but the <laughs> medium business or the bigger business? Um, and I said, if I can not do recruitment. I know recruitment and I can do recruitment blindfolded, but I said, I'm going to turn my hand to year 10 and above giving career direction because that's where it starts. It starts in high school where kids just don't know what they want to be when they grow up. Mm -hmm. They can be pointed in the right direction. I don't say that every time it's going to land because every, you know, adolescent needs to go through the journey and that journey could be a few years some some kids at year 10 15 years old they know what they want to be when they grow up but I'd have to say it's 10 percent or less 90 mm-hmm. percent don't yeah um, so that's really where I'll be involved in the future so once my recruitment business is as I said cranking along you'll see me in all the schools <laughs> helping everyone with careers advice practical career advice all right Well, thank you very much today, Marie. It might have been a little bit different for you being the one being interviewed. How did you find it? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I have to say it's challenging. I mean, I love being the person in control and um, it's, yeah, it's definitely um, different to be on the other other end, but it's been good and it's been good to share and I look forward to anyone who's um, coming to the Small Business Festival to join us for the Confident Hiring Workshop and that's on, I think it's the, tw- the 26th of August. Thank you. No Thank problem. You for reminding <laughs> me. So uh, 26th of August, if you do have challenges with recruitment, or hiring your staff would love to see you very soon. All right. Thank you very much again, Marie. Thanks, Letitia. Thank you to Marie for sharing her experiences and challenges with hiring her own staff. I think we have learned and it's important to take away that it's imperative to plan what your first or following staff members will help you achieve. To look at the different avenues for taking on your first staff member, whether it be subcontracting, casual or a part-time basis and to get assistance when taking the plunge by either getting advice from an expert, reading on the subject matter like in Marie's book, Body Snatchers, or attending seminars like the upcoming one we have at our office for the Small Business Festival for Confident Hiring. Next time on Seeds for Success, we'll be delving into social media with Fiona Lucas. Fiona is the founder of I Respect Online, and she provides education and strategies on managing your online reputation. She does this with school-aged children, parents, businesses, and celebrities. As a recruitment agency, we use social media strategies like LinkedIn constantly, and we wanted to get Fiona's take on the topic. Look forward to seeing you at the next show. That is all from our show today. Thank you for your company, and we are looking forward to some of our events coming up. It would be great to see you there. In the meantime, if you need any help or have any curly questions about your current recruitment processes, please contact us at Harvest Recruitment and Harvest Human Resources. We would be happy to share some of our experiences to help you in your staffing endeavours. To contact us, call 1300 363 128. Look forward to seeing you next time. You have been listening to Harvest Recruitment's Seeds for Success show with Marie Harris. Want to cultivate your employment prowess? Then visit harvesthr.com.au.